It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. On today's show, excited, Myron Metcalf from ESPN. You're going to want to stick around for that interview. Why? Because there's a new top five quarterback in the NFL, in the NFC. There's also a tweet. Shannon Sharp, right? Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray. Myron Metcalf is going to weigh in on who would he take coming up this week if he would rather have Kyler Murray in purple or Kirk Cousins in purple with the diamond chains. And, of course, we have to talk about it. The Packers lost. The Packers are 3-4, and and the Vikings are 5-1. and The Lions might finish second in the division. I actually said that early on. I didn't think it would be the Packers this far down, though. But that's all coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm excited. By week, I got to rest. Finally, I got a Saturday kind of to relax during the day, then had some night football. Wasn't great. But then I got to relax on a Sunday, just woke up and did Vikings game day live with Jim Rich. And then I got to chill. I've never been able to chill on a Sunday in a while. Got to sit around, clean the house up a little bit, watch some other football. Speaking of other football, the Packers. The Packers lost. I literally would have put money on. I'm glad I didn't make it to Iowa to put money on this game because I was going to put money on the Packers. I'm like, there's no way the Packers lose to the commanders, right? There's no way. Taylor Heineke? Not Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke did something that not a lot of people thought he could do. We'll talk about that. But before we do, remember, you can now find the Locked On Sports Minnesota app You can find it on the Roku. If you have a Roku TV, just go to the Roku. Over to the left, it says Add Apps. Click Add. Search Locked On Sports Minnesota. Pops up. Download it right there. Little square. It'll be right there every time you go to your Roku. Boom. Click it. You can watch our shows. You can watch all the interviews. You can watch the Daily Three. Whatever you like. You got Superior Sports Talk. You got the football party. Luke Braun is going to put on a foil helmet, maybe. And then, of course, you guys get to see what Luke Inman looks like because he's the most interesting man on that podcast I've heard, Uh, but make sure you get it and you can watch all your favorite shows. Well, on today's show, as I bring in extra, my producer, Sam, it was a interesting weekend. And you know, when I'm looking through the Twitter machine right now, as I scroll through the Twitter machine, a lot of people aren't happy, Sam. A lot of, a lot of these Packer fans are not happy, especially the local Packer fans. They live in Minnesota. They work for maybe networks that we all know. And they are not happy with what's going on. Like, they do not understand what's – is this the end of Aaron Rodgers? Is it time for Jordan Love to take over? Is it time to move on? Is it time – like, I love what Myron Metcalf said about Aaron Rodgers and the problem he has. You have to stay tuned for that interview 
uh, to kind of because he kind of gave me a heads up. We were texting back and forth all weekend, and he said something interesting that I want him to bring up. He's going to bring it up about Aaron Rodgers and relationships. And I'm like, you know what? You might be right. You might be right there. But Aaron Rodgers loses. And so when you go to the NFC North standings and you look at where the Vikings are and you look at where the Packers are, five and one, they got to rest. You look at the NFC as a whole. Eagles are one. Vikings are two. Seahawks are three. Buccaneers at three and four. Now, this is because of how stupid the NFL is. The Buccaneers are there. And then you got the uh, Giants at, because they're behind the Eagles, they would be down, which is still dumb. I don't understand how they do it that way, but whatever. Six and one, somehow the Buccaneers still have the lead on them because their division has now become the NFC East. Like the NFC East at one point was a dumpster fire. Now the (laughs) NFC South is the new dumpster fire when you look at the Buccaneers at three and four leading the division tie with the Falcons at three and four with the two and five Panthers who got rid of their best player. And then the two and five saints that Andy Dalton is now the best meme in the world because a flying Cardinal went behind him. And it was one of those, like when all is going wrong, this is what your life looks like. Every parent's been there where they kind of turn their head and walk out the room as their kids are throwing crap across the room and throwing each other. But Sam (laughs) Washington commanders find a way to knock the Packers down a peg. The Vikings now 2-1 and one on the road, 3-0 and oh at home. So they get the Cardinals coming to them at home. The Packers 2-2 two and two, and then 1-2 one and one and two on the road, 2-2 two and two at home. The Bears are 2-4. and four, So they've only played six games. So technically they've lost the same amount of games as the Packers. So if the Bears win the next game or two, they might be ahead of the Packers. Because the Packers have a tough one coming up as well. So when you look at it, I think they play the Bills. So, they probably, yeah. so they're probably going to go 3-5. and five. Bears win, they go three and four. So in your mind, what's going on with the NFC North right now? So here's how I'm thinking about it. If the and Vikings, by the way, the Bears play the Patriots. So the Patriots are beatable of the Bears. Um, correct. So the Packers, if the Vikings go five and six the rest of the way, which is that's a very conservative estimate. That puts mm-hmm. them at 10 wins. The Packers would have to go seven and three and beat the Vikings or go eight and two if they lose to the Vikings. Like that is a huge hill to climb. And Aaron Rodgers has done it before. He can mm-hmm. rattle off wins. But look at their schedule. Bills yeah, looking at it. Really tough yep. one coming up. They got the Rams, because that's those that first place matchup in the NFC. They got to play the Rams. They got to play the Titans. The Dolphins mm-hmm. probably with Tua. They'll face the Dolphins in a much tougher spot than when the Vikings had to face them with a backup Um, and the Cowboys and the Vikings have a couple of those games remaining as well. And, um, and they have the New York teams, but the Eagles might have to go eight and two The Eagles. Yes. Thank you. They have to go eight and two potentially just to beat the Vikings out if the Vikings go five and six. And I think the Vikings can go five and six. Um, So it's a tough path for the Packers going forward. Now the wild card is right there for him, Ron. You, you mentioned it. There are a lot of bad teams in the NFC. Like the the Rams right now are the seventh seed at three and three. So the Packers still have a lot to play for. Yeah. But the division, the Vikings are in the driver's seat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's where like Myron Mitchell again. I mean, Myron Metcalf, you you'll 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 hear it later. 
um he talks about that like which which vikings team is this going to be with the with the real vikings please stand up like is this going to be a team that just wins ugly all year like we're not super excited about it but they're five and one and then all of a sudden they go six and one and then they go seven and one and beat the commanders like at what point do we say like whoa okay we'll take seven and one ugly and then you got the bills and you got the cowboys but when you think about that when you think about and i mean now, let's say they lose to the Bills. Let's say they beat those two. They're 7-1. They lose to the Bills. They're 7-2. They beat the Cowboys at home. Like, going into Thanksgiving, they're 8-2. Like, 8-2 heading into Thanksgiving. Like, that is crazy to think about. But let's remember, the Vikings have gone 5-1 before and lost and end up going 5-4, and four, end up going 8-8 eight eight because they beat the Bears. They were 7-8. So they end up going 7-8 into that last game seven and eight they went from five and one to seven and eight five and one they start off five and one and then they went two and seven two and seven in their last nine games that's bad and so that's where this culture is going to go. What, what is this culture about? Is this culture a team that's going to do that? Or now is this a team saying, hey, we're playing with house money. We're 5-1. and one. Let's put our throat, our foot on the throat of the NFC North. Like we can really in, in, like just squeeze the life out of the Packers' hopes to win the division. We can squeeze the life out of it. Like they can almost knock the Packers out of the playoffs in that last game if the Packers are struggling and some other teams in the NFC find a way to win nine games. Like, if they can find a, win, a way to win eight or nine games and the Packers can't, and it comes down to that last game where the Packers are like, if we go eight, nine, we're in the playoffs. And the Vikings are like, eh, let's go ahead and knock them off in Green Bay. Let's get them out of here. Yeah, Let's get them out of here. Like, I was hoping the Lions would not be the bottom of the barrel. We all thought the Bears, and now everybody's changing their predictions. Like, I thought the Lions would be third place at worst. And now they are struggling. Like, Dan Campbell – He's not getting it done, but you're right. The NFC North, it's ripe for the taking. It's right there in their grasp. Kirk Cousins and the Diamond Chains can take over. I love the fact that in the last two minutes and 30 seconds of, I think, the previous three games, Kirk Cousins was the number one, number one quarterback in the NFL for passer rating in the last two minutes and 30 seconds, meaning it's not garbage time. This is we got to go win time. And Kirk Cousins is dead on accurate. He's like Will Smith in Deadshot. You give me a target, I'm going to knock it out the park. Like, I love that. Like, before, if we had to pick a superhero, Kirk Cousins would be everybody was Captain America and, you know, all these nice. No, he's Deadshot. He's out here with a sniper rifle, knocking people off one by one. I love it. I love Kirk Cousins. I love this team. I love what he's bringing to the table. And remember, Locked On Sports Minnesota gives you endless Vikings talk with local experts. Get your daily 30-minute dose of sports with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson going back and forth with his co-host Luke Inman. It's fast, it's fun, it's superior sports talk. Your daily Minnesota sports show. And Sam, I know you got some good for us from our sponsors. BetOnline.net, Ron. Number one source for football and the start of the new basketball season. You can bet against the Lakers all day long, and you can uh, bet on the Timberwolves, who are 2-1. and one. Find the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and more. That Vikings line against Arizona, Minnesota favored by five early in the week. We'll see which direction that goes as the week goes on. 
BetOnline.net, your fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. You've also got MMA, boxing, and golf there as well. Head to their website today or use your mobile device at BetOnline, where the game starts. And now as promised in the Hang on Ron Johnson segment, I got ESPN's own Myron Metcalf. Guy from Minneapolis, loves the city, but also loves to talk national news as well. So I'm looking forward to this. I want to thank Myron for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Uh, as we jump out there, let's let's start out right away. I got to get this off my heart. I gotta I gotta let it go now because it's uh you know it's this is now the Rutgers zero and zero championship season. We are done with Penn State, but we have to cover it as media members. So <laughs> reluctantly, I want to talk about this. Let's get into it. Uh, what what do you see going on with uh, this Gover team? We know Tanner Morgan was hurt, uh, did not dress. Ethan Caliamantis, uh, Calic uh, Banis got to dress this time. It was the starting QB, but in a whiteout, not a great atmosphere for a freshman quarterback on his first official start. Myron, what do you see for this Penn State Gophers game, and, and what do you see for the Gophers moving forward? They got to make a decision about who they want to be. Uh, I mean, I think this is sort of that juncture of the season. Uh, they had all of the hype when they start 4-0. Now you lose three in a row, and people feel like you've missed expectations. They're, they're questioning your heart. You got to decide what you want, you know? I, I think this is a team that – like, I think the Big Ten is really Ohio State and Michigan at the top. And then I think there's a pretty big gap with that next tier of teams. Uh, and I think the Gophers certainly were in that. But now they look like they're sort of at the bottom of that tier based on, I think, the way that they're competing – uh, injuries have been an issue. I mean, you can't ignore that. But I just think they're making big mistakes uh, that you just can't make if you want to be a contender uh, in a league with so much parity. So I, I think the, the conversation should be show us who you are. I don't think they've met the mark. I do think they have to be better. You can't, you can't change the pedigree of a program if you're P.J. Fleck and then people start to hold you to that standard and everybody backs off and goes, well, wait a minute. Look at this and this and that. No, that's not what happens to good teams. Good teams are supposed to be able to play through it, and the Gophers got to find a way. Yeah, because Tony Dungy always taught me, you know, it's the next man up mentality. Glenn Mason would say it as well. When one guy goes down, the next man up. Uh, Ethan uh, Kalikmanis, you know, I, I was hoping for a Tom Brady type of night where we remember the concussion from uh, Drew Bledsoe. Tom Brady comes in, and that's all she wrote. I uh, was hoping – that was going to be Ethan Kalegmanis, but it was not the night. Nine for 22 just at times looked good. Um, at times just looked like a freshman. Looked like the game was moving a little bit too fast for him. Looked like, uh, you know, there could have been some plays to help him out that maybe the coaches just didn't think of. And, and again, it, sometimes coaches outsmart themselves. Uh, running the ball on third and whatever just to be patient, to say, you know what, let's not screw this up. Let's try to see if our defense can do it. And then eventually Penn State just start kicking the door down. Uh, when you look at a guy like Brevin Span Ford, 6'7", 270 pounds, uh, you look at the last two Super Bowl champions when you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and the Buccaneers as well, both use uh, tight ends as their guy. You, you look at uh, Rob Gronkowski. You also then look at um, uh, Travis Kelsey, teams that utilize the tight end heavily and then all of a sudden they found success. You look at the success of the San Francisco 49ers uh, previously when they used George Kittle. Those teams seem to always kind of have it together when they have a tight end. And the Gophers have that in, in, in uh, Brevin Span Ford. What do you think the hesit hesitancy is or 
uh, the lack of usage with a guy with that size, that body type, to just make him your focal point of this offense and no longer a receiver? I think it's a good question. I mean, I think it starts with can you get him the ball in the right spots? Like, do, do you have uh, the talent uh, at quarterback to, to help him shine? Because all those guys you named, it's a lot easier when Tom Brady is throwing the ball to you. It's a lot easier, you know, when Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing the ball to you if you're George Kittle or Patrick Mahomes is getting the ball to you. Uh, I also think, like, tight end to me is a word from the 90s. Like, these guys aren't tight ends. They're gigantic athletic receivers, right? And I think if we see them that way, it's easier to, to, to think of them outside of this box that we tend to put tight ends in. These guys are just doing it all. So I think you got to use him if you're the Gophers. But, again, can you get to him? And I think, B, teams understand the threat that he is. They're not just going to make it easy for you. Um, but but I do think that's a target you have to you have to utilize, and I think if you see him for the talent he is, if you see him as a receiver, which I think that's what these guys are, uh, yeah. maybe they'll expand on what he can be. And the Gophers' next opponent, I mean, this is an easy one in my opinion, but in the Big Ten, nobody's easy. Rutgers, who's actually getting a lot better as they're moving forward. Um, but you look at Gophers, or yeah, the Gophers playing uh, Rutgers. And uh, Tanner Morgan, who knows what's going to happen if it is truly a head injury, um, if he can clear the protocols, if they can get him back on the field. Because we saw Tua Tagovailoa play, which a lot of people didn't think. And he looked fine. He played. He played well. He actually took some hits and, and, and got up fine. So everybody's body heals differently. Everybody's head heals differently. Some guys retire. Some guys get back on the field. No signs of any injury in the past. Um, but when you think about a kid like Ethan Calig Manis, and he's the, the, the future of this program, and Tanner Morgan – Definitely going to need him for Wisconsin. Going to need him for Iowa for sure. Uh, but is Rutgers a game to kind of maybe go with some kind of two-quarterback system? Um, not to say if it gets out of hand, but if you're like, hey, it's 21 nothing, or we have a pretty good handle on this to let Ethan get some true uh, game time and not mop up time when, you know, Rutgers has pretty much given up. Yeah, I think you got to be careful with Ethan um, and his confidence, especially with a young quarterback. Uh, you can't tease him. You know, so, so I think if, you, if you're if you P.J. Flex, you think there are sets, there, there are points in that game where you feel like, okay, hey, let, let's alternate, or, or, or maybe it's, uh, okay, you know, we're going to start this first series, Tanner, second series, eighth, and something like that. But uh, I think you got to be careful about the confidence of a young quarterback who just came out of playing at Penn State, which, as you know, that's just a ridiculous environment for any quarterback to play in. Yes, this is an easier game, but he's still feeling that pressure. So right. I think if I'm P.J. Fleck and Tanner Morgan's healthy and he's ready to go, I, I let him play. And, and barring disaster, uh, I let Ethan sort of stay as the future because okay. he's got to kind of learn uh, the ropes. But again, if that moment comes, I and mean, we saw that with Clemson on, on Saturday with D.J. Uyunglele uh, loses his spot in, in the game. Like So if there's a moment like that, I get it, but – I think you got to be careful with kind of sending a young quarterback to the Wolves. I also think, Ron, like, I don't know if we can say any quarterback is the future anymore with the transfer portal. True. Because I think coaches are out looking for that guy who can be a starter who's already a junior or senior. So, you know, you don't know where Ethan ends up. But I, I do understand sort of patience with him, putting him in the right spot, building his confidence. But I would go with the vet if he's ready to go to try to get through. There's never an easy game in the Big Ten, but you got to win this one.
Yeah, and, and looking at the Gophers' next five games, they got five games left. You got Rutgers, you got Nebraska, you got Northwestern, Iowa, Wisconsin. P.J. Fleck, it's in the past, four and three. We know he puts that away. Now in this next five-game season, what can the Gophers be in these next five games? When you look at, again, Rutgers, Nebraska, Northwestern, Iowa, Wisconsin, what, what does the future of the Gophers' season look like? They can be winners. I mean, there's no one that you listed that's unbeatable. I know Wisconsin has some more juice now that Jim Leonard's taken over as the interim head coach. They've looked better. Um, Iowa can't score. You know what I mean? The offensive challenges that the Hawkeyes have had all season, we, we understand that. Um, so, I mean, that's one of those games where it could come down to that one score, that one field goal. And I think the other three teams you mentioned, Rutgers, Northwest, Nebraska, all, all winnable games. Uh, all games I think you should win if you're Minnesota. Yeah. And what I, what I got to give uh, P.J. Fleck credit for, and I think people mention this, is like this. I think his job was to change the pedigree of the program. And I think he's done it. I think when you change the pedigree of a program, the dudes just look different. Like all of a sudden, your third string looks a lot better. Your second string looks a lot better over time. So I think the Gophers have, have, have done that. I don't think this is a personnel challenge. I think it's an execution challenge despite the injuries they have, they can get through this slate. Um, I don't think there's a game that's a team that's insurmountable the, the rest of the way. And listen, you got your butt kicked at Penn State. I don't think you're going to see anything like that for the rest of the regular season. So they have an opportunity to finish strong. The challenge with teams like this, however, who start so high and get all the praise and the hype, and then they lose three in a row, who in that locker room is keeping these guys together? I don't know the answer to that. You know, like, I don't know if they think they can be a good team again, but that's something for the coaching staff to figure out, the locker room to figure out, because the scary thing about the Rutgers game, as you know this, Ron, mm -hmm. a lot of teams that were better than the Rutgers lost those games because they didn't have the right mentality. They've mm -hmm. already lost the next five games in their mind, right? And I think the Gophers have to shake that more than anything. Put Penn State behind you. A lot of teams would have lost in that environment. But now you got a stretch that can help you salvage the season winning. Yeah, I mean, the road to boat culture is about to get put to the test because this is what it's about. Forget what happened. Put your back to the target. Let's roll. Let's go. And let's let me help you guys grow. Patience. And that's what this program has been about. Uh, so we'll see. Five games. We're looking forward to it. First up, Rutgers. Uh, let's move on to the NFL when you look at Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has changed his entire like persona. He's putting on diamond chains now on the plane. He's still tucking his T-shirt into his sweatpants. I don't know why, but he's he, he's he's relaxed. He's having fun. Like, I think in the past, honestly, if somebody would have said, hey, Kirk, put my chain on and, and make it spin like the rims do in Nelly's video, I don't think Kirk Cousins does it. Like, I think he kind of is like, ah, nah, man, like, you, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You guys have fun over there. Now Kirk is kind of, and maybe five and one changed him, but I, I truly believe He's just more relaxed now. He's he's taken on this leadership role. He's speaking to the team post-game, passing out game balls to the owner and the coaches and the GM. Like, that's just not the, the, the mentality he had under a seasoned coach who had been here, under a seasoned GM who had been here. Um, and, and we know there was a lot of, like, back and forth and, and tug of war over, I don't want Kirk. I want Kirk. I don't want Kirk. I want Kirk. And, and people always don't realize this. Kids can feel when parents are at odds, like even though they might not say it, they can tell when things aren't right around the house. And I think that's what was going on with the Vikings. Things weren't right 
in that house. And so now you look at this five and one Vikings coming off of a bye week, playing a, a Cardinals team who got better. They get they got a uh, uh, Robbie Anderson. They also got DeAndre Hopkins back from suspension. Kyler Kyler Murray's telling his coach to chill the f out. So he, he clearly he's maybe he's got his boy DeAndre back, so he's feeling a little bit more confident. DeAndre came out the gate, I think over ten catches, a hundred yards. But what yep. can this Vikings team do now when you look at the Washington Commanders? Let's take two games, Washington Commanders and the Arizona Cardinals, because we know those two after that, the Bills and the Cowboys are going to be tough. But the Commanders and the Cardinals are the next up on the menu for the Vikings. Uh, what What is this team going to do in those two games? Yeah, I think first off, I don't give Kirk as much credit as maybe everybody else is in terms of like his leadership this season. That's something that should have been there four years ago. You know, so it's like, it's cool that he's doing those things, but it shouldn't take this point. <laughs> a change in the coaching staff for him to be what every quarterback is paid to be in this league. But to your point, it does seem like his vibe is different. Maybe having a younger coach, uh, I think it seems like they've got a staff that lets them have a little more fun. Like, I don't think I've seen the Vikings have this much fun, you know, maybe since the 09 run. Um, so maybe that's helping. When you're five and one and the Packers, look like they couldn't beat the Wisconsin Badgers right now. That helps, right? Like the division is yours if you want it. You better not lose to Detroit and you better not lose to Justin Fields and all those dudes from LA Fitness they got playing offense for the Bears. So like to, to me, this is your division, man. You This is your division. You're going to win the division. You're in the playoffs. Now it becomes how far can you go? But to your point, this in the past is where the Vikings have struggled. It's all there. You have five and one in a division that's yours. The NFC looks like it's wide open. I think Philly's legit. I think Jalen Hurts mm -hmm. is your MVP. I think that offense and defense is good. Who's great in the NFC after that? I don't think anybody is. They're a bunch of good teams. Nobody's great. So the potential is there for Minnesota. But I think Arizona is a dangerous game. DeAndre Hopkins came back and looked great in his first game. I don't know what's going on with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, but I do think Kyler Murray is feeling some of the, oh, you guys don't think I do my homework. People are doubting me. They think I'm overpaid. Suddenly, this might be the first time that Kyler Murray has been doubted. Remember, this guy was going to be the number one pick, you know, in, in obviously NFL, uh, baseball number one pick. This guy has been praised his whole career. And now he comes into this season, gets the big money, and people are going, maybe you're not worth it. That's a dangerous young quarterback you're about to face who thinks he has to prove a point, who just got his receiver back, who just added another guy, Robbie Anderson, uh, and a Cliff Kingsbury who I think knows that this is the kind of game where you win, and all of a sudden the heat comes off. People back off of you uh, in, in ways that maybe they haven't to this point. So I think that's a tough game. I think Washington's a tough game. Like, even though they've got all kinds of challenges, Carson Wentz on IR, Taylor Heineke now is in, they don't lay down for anybody. Like, that Washington Commanders team has just decided that no matter who they play, they're going to put up a fight. So those feel like trap games to me. I think the Vikings are more likely to play to their potential against Buffalo and Dallas than they are against uh, Washington and Arizona. Because the tendency of this team has been – We'll play to whatever level you're at. And they just got to they gotta stomp on people at this point. Like, if you're going to be a Super Bowl contender, you got to separate yourself. And I think these upcoming games will show us a little bit more about who they are before they get to some of the big dogs in the NFL. 
So when you look at big dogs in the NFL, it's nothing bigger than the quarterback. And and I agree. So that's the one thing. I do agree that this team in the past has allowed themselves to play to that to that. So we'll see to the you know level of, of competition. So we'll see if the culture change is truly there. Kirk Cousins is truly going to take hold of the NFC and the NFC North for sure because you're right. Like it is it's right there for the taking. But I got a tweet. So Shannon Sharp my boy came over the top of my head, cracked me over the head with a tweet. Now, this is from May of uh, May 19, 2022. So I tweeted about Kirk Cousins. I don't think there's 10 quarterbacks better than Kirk Cousins. I personally don't. Shannon Sharp, of course, he's got to come over the top of the top rope. And everybody was on his joint. Like, I mean, this thing did like what? I don't know. It was like a million something like comments and tweets and all this crap. But he said Brady, Burrow, Rodgers, Herbert, Mahomes, Stafford, Wilson, Russell, Watson, Deshaun, uh, Allen, we know who that is in Buffalo, and then Kyler Murray. He's like, is that enough? Well, then I retweeted him back recently, of course, because, you know, I love to save receipts. And I just said, hey, where you fall on this? Now, I know he's waiting because he's waiting. I know how he does because he did this last time to me. He's waiting for this next game because I think you're everybody is. Kyler Murray versus Kirk Cousins, is the other shoe going to drop? Is Kirk Cousins going to fall off the cliff? And we're going to be like, man, here he goes again with these three interception games. Or is he going to actually put his foot on the throat of this NFL and say, hey, look, it's not just the diamond chains. It's in my head now. My heart is different. You know, I, I've gotten rid of the chihuahua. I'm now a pit bull. But in your opinion, I got some stats up there too. I mean, you got Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Matt Ryan. I'm going to throw him out of there. Josh Allen, Tom Brady. We can throw Geno Smith out. Trevor Lawrence. Kyler Murray, then Aaron Rodgers, and then you got down there Kirk Cousins after Jalen Hurts. So in that, and I would throw Jalen Hurts in this now, I would for sure take Kyler Murray out. But do you agree that, and and we don't have to go Kirk Cousins right away, but do you agree Justin Hurts now should be in this top 10 talk for the season? Sorry. Jalen Hurts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Jalen Hurts is real. I mean, think about thing I love about Jalen Hurts is like, like, I don't know how many guys have been publicly demoted on a national stage the way that he was in the national championship game in Alabama uh, when Tua replaced him. That's a that's a tough dude, man, to take that and say all the right things after the game and celebrate with your teammates and then come back for a year and just sort of figure it out uh, and, and kind of play behind Tua and, and know that everybody's moved on from you. Then he goes to Oklahoma, has an incredible – year people still are sort of like yeah but i don't know if he can play at the next level he gets to philly behind carson wentz it's like yeah you know what this is a good option to have if everything goes wrong and he just continues to ignore the haters and get better and better and the scary thing about Jalen hurts to me is that now he's not just one of the top 10 quarterbacks i think he's one of the smartest quarterbacks Jalen Hurts is throwing the ball away when he has to. He didn't do that last year. Jalen Hurts is making better decisions. Now, it helps when you add A.J. Brown to the mix and you have that run game. But, like, where do you stop that Philly offense? Okay, you're going to lock up their receivers? Well, they're going to run the ball down your throat. You're going to stop the run game? Good luck with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. You're going to bottle up all that? Well, now you got to deal with Jalen Hurts and all of the, the possibility attached to that dude. So I just think he's really good. I think he's your MVP. They better pay him a bunch of money while they can uh, because I think he's earned it. But he – I always bother, it always bothers me when a quarterback like that, especially a black quarterback, 
who just gets put in this running quarterback lane mm -hmm. and put Jalen Hurts in the high IQ lane. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the NFL. If you watch the way that he plays and the way that he's running that team has just been remarkable. And I, and I don't think we care enough about quarterback development. We sort of decide after three years who you are as a quarterback. And that's unfair to a lot of guys because some guys don't peak until year four, five, or six. And I think Jalen Hurts is a guy on his way to just continuing to rise in this league. And when it's all said and done, I think he'll be a top five quarterback in this league. Oh, okay. And then let's go with Kirk Cousins now. So I'm not even give the whole list with Kirk Cousins because Kyler Murray was the discussion. Would you take Kyler Murray or Kirk Cousins right now if you were going into this next game? I take Kirk Cousins. I mean, this is Kyler. First off, if you go nose to nose with your head coach on national TV, you can't tell me everything's okay, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. When he said chill the, you know, whatever out yeah. to Cliff Kingsbury, heard Cliff Kingsbury after the game was kind of like it's no big deal. Listen, right. man, you're going to lose your job if y'all don't get that right. So I think it is a big deal. I would take Kirk. I don't know if I'd take Kirk in the playoffs because to me, playmakers win championships. Like, you know, I think quarterbacks who just sort of do everything right and kind of get you through the regular regular season mm -hmm. don't always show up in the postseason. And that's still the big question for Kirk Cousins. Regular season Kirk is great. You know, we, we see that. We know his capabilities. But, like, can you be that guy in the postseason? So right now, going into this week, I think the Cardinals have a lot to figure out. I would pick Kirk Cousins. Uh, but I don't know if that will be true at the end of the season just because – of the kind of quarterback I think you need to advance in the playoffs. And Kirk Cousins has won some playoff games against the Saints, so we will see what he does because most likely, I mean, a barring a meltdown, they are going to the playoffs. We do have the Daily Three coming up. Sam's going to join the show. Sam Extra, my producer, myself, and Myron. And remember, Tony Dungy had one of the best defenses in Tampa but couldn't get over the hump. And then all of a sudden, John Gruden comes in, gets Brad Johnson together, Gets that offense going, and they win a Super Bowl. Not saying a Super Bowl is this year, but I'm not saying it's not. You never know what a coach in the quarterback's ear can do for a team, that offense, and their confidence. But check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube following every Twins, Vikings, Wilder Wolves game. Our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. Well, it's that time, Sam. Take it away. And before we get to that, make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games on the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football and betting advice from the field's leading experts bet online. So follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of NFL, Vikings bye week, of course, I'd like both of your input. What was the number one thing you saw in the NFL yesterday? Ron, we'll start with you. Well, the number one thing I saw was a Washington Commanders team ran by Taylor Heineke that found a way to get it done. And Taylor Heineke, being from Wisconsin, grew up watching the, you know, the Packers. He was excited. He started off slow, and then they climbed their way back and won that game. So this Taylor Heineke revenge tour, it's a real thing. 
and he's coming to Minneapolis because Carson Wentz is out for the next four to six weeks. And so he is coming to Minneapolis. Last time he was here, he clicked, kicked the glass in. Now he's trying to come kick the door down. Uh, but just watching the Packers struggle, um, I actually felt bad. Like seeing Aaron Rodgers on the field, like a little kid throwing a tantrum that doesn't want to go because he doesn't want to put his shoes on and go to the store. Like I, I felt a little bad because that's a guy that really misses Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams with the Raiders is not doing great. So that's a story that I think we're going to tell years from now. They should have just taken less money and stayed together, and they would have been just fine. And now they're learning their lesson, just like a lot of other quarterbacks and receivers tend to do. It worked out for Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. It's worked out for the Minnesota Vikings with Justin Jefferson. It doesn't always happen that way. Uh, so that's what caught my eye was just Aaron Rodgers. Like he just – he looked confused. He looked like the def- – without the defense, that game is not even close um you know Devondre Campbell got his first you know pick six shout out to Minnesota's Devondre Campbell uh but that's that's what caught my eye Myron yeah I was gonna say the Packers too I mean so listen I think Aaron Rodgers has a relationship problem in that locker room and and like here's the deal I'm I'm about Aaron's age and I've got you know kids and like that generation if you don't have a bond they're gonna tune you out and Aaron Rodgers didn't work on that relationship with that locker room. Like, as soon as it became clear that Devontae Adams was leaving, uh, I mean, he wasn't there in the preseason. There was talk about him wanting to be traded. It's been kind of two years of Aaron Rodgers toying with this idea of him not being in Green Bay. And I think there's a disconnect happening with him and those guys. Like, I don't think they're following Aaron the way that past Packers teams have followed Aaron. And I think that's affecting kind of what they are. Like at some point, you got to drop all that when you're struggling the way that they're struggling and just be a regular dude and admit that, yeah, man, this is on me too. Like I'm a part of this. You don't go to the podium and say things like you said last week of, hey, if we have a personnel problem, that's another conversation. And I don't know, yesterday he said, we'll be okay. But do your guys believe that? You know, I don't know. But I think the Packers are on a real, real challenge. And I don't know what the future holds because when you do this as a franchise, somebody has to decide what's next. Yeah, the deterioration of those uh, veteran quarterbacks, Brady, Wilson, Rodgers, seems like we're experiencing the end of an era to some extent. Um, Second question for you guys, uh, pivoting to baseball. I want your uh, ranking one through 10. The World Series is set. Phillies and Astros on a scale of one to 10. How much do you care about that matchup? Ron, we'll start with you. <laughs> Can I go negative seven? Um, I, I, so there's a, I'll, I'll go with like a, a warm four. Like, you know, it's that bath water that, you know, has been running all day and it's sitting there, you know, and your mom told you to take a bath and you just waited. Like eventually you're going to do it because you have to do it. So I'm a watch just because it's going to be on when I'm working or something or I'm up doing something. I'll watch a little bit. Justin Verlander, definitely, you know, as a former Detroit Tiger, love him. Uh, Bryce Harper, love his energy, love his bats at the plate. Um, I I just don't know. I mean, I do, I I do want to see how many times people bring up the fact that they uh, cheated one year one and now they're back. You know, is it a fight? They found a new way to cheat without getting caught. So I'm a little bit intrigued on that uh, just to see like where, where people fall in line on that. Like they win again. Can people then say, okay, you know what? Even if they didn't cheat, they still were good. 
or hey these guys are still cheating and we just cannot figure out what they're using now whether it's they put the buzzer you know somewhere where you can't see it if we celebrate um who knows like stealing signs and all that kind of crap and somebody's videotaping and like we will see we we shall see what this is but no i don't know if i'm super excited i don't know if there would be two baseball teams that would get me super excited besides the twins just because this town would be excited um but it, you know it's postseason baseball it, it's always fun to watch the the beginning of it you know but baseball in my opinion they have a time issue there's way too much time in between pitches there's way too much bs going on between these umpires and some of the calls they get wrong and then the discussion so until that speeds up like softball like i love watching college softball it's fast paced baseball on the other hand i need the big moments Yeah, I'm I'm a three with the potential to go higher, you know, depending on how the series goes. It'll I, I'll put it on one of the TVs, you know, and, and kind of see if there's anything intriguing. Like like if this were a concert that I paid a bunch of money to go to, I would want Phillies and Astros to be the opening act. Like I don't want it to be the main show, right? And I think that's kind of the challenge. Um so we'll see. I, I don't think you have what baseball needed, which to me was either Yankees Mets or Yankees Dodgers. That didn't happen. Um, baseball people will care, I think, a lot. Uh, it, but I think most of us probably tune in once you start getting to a point where one team has won three games, honestly. Uh, that That's when I think a lot of people will buy into that. Before that, it's going to be more difficult, I think, because you don't have some of the marquee names. And, and to Ron's point, the Astros, that cloud is never going to go away. In the, in the sense that they cheated their way to a championship, a lot of people are always going to have that that feeling. And then Philly, like, man, if, if Philly wins this, like, I know a bunch of Philadelphia fans. They're never going to let us hear the end of it. They're just relentless. We can't let them have the Phillies and then maybe the Eagles, too, in a championship. It's just going to be too much Philly if, the, if Philly uh, wins this. Yeah, they've already started greasing the poles in Philly. I saw, so they're they're prepared yeah. for some some mayhem. Uh <laughs> Definitely, Philly's just a reminder too, like how badly the Twins blew it because Philly just snuck into the tournament, eighty-seven wins, pretty middle of the road season, and here they are. The Twins could have been there; they could have done that. Um, yeah. And that Philly Except team they don't have a Bryce Harper like, and a pitcher. They do not know the twins way too injured. Um, all right. Last one. You guys both, uh, are basketball guys. What do you make of Ben Johnson with the Gophers signing a five-star recruit, Dennis Evans, a seven footer, one of the biggest Gophers basketball recruits in a couple of decades. We'll start with Ron. Yeah. This kid's one of the top 20, I think players in the country. Uh, when you look at seven feet tall, you got a seven-footer in college. Now, there's one one or two things can happen. You can have a Greg, Greg Odom type of effect or a Jaleel Okafor, which doesn't mean they're going to be great pros. That means they're going to dominate college. You know, when you look at uh, DeAndre Ayton, I don't think he would be as good in the, in the NBA if it wasn't for Devin Booker and uh, Chris Paul. I, I think he's getting a little bit ahead of himself thinking he's this great, you know, thing, and he has one of the best shooters in the NBA, if not the best shooter or scorer, in the NBA and Devin Booker. So when I look at a seven-footer in college, you don't run into a lot. Look at Purdue. They found lightning in a bottle with their two bigs. I mean, yes, they had Jaden Ivey taking over games, but in the college uh, playoff or Big Ten tournament and then the, the, the college uh, tournament, they didn't use Jaden Ivey the way they did. And so I look at Dawson Garcia, 
and this kid, not this year, but next year, if Dawson Garcia does stick around, which I think he should, I don't see him all of a sudden becoming a lottery pick. That's going to be a really good roster. And what that does, that adds to the uh, ability to now recruit more guys. You know, you got Taylon Cooper, kid from Michigan. So we know Detroit kids. I mean, never forget about the Flint kids from Michigan State. Like Detroit kids, Michigan kids know how to ball. And so I'm excited to see this kid at point guard too because he's a facilitator. And so now when you can add this in about a year or two, Ben Johnson is putting together a really good roster. So I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a big get for Ben. Um, and it's one of those things, again, you got to change the pedigree of, of the program. You got to change the kinds of players you're bringing into uh, your locker room. And I think he's doing that with, with Dennis. Uh, if you can protect the rim, that's just such an important thing in college basketball. Now, there aren't a lot of people playing through seven footers, you know, because everybody's trying to be like the NBA. So, you know, you, your seven footers, even at this level, want to shoot threes. And Dennis is certainly more of a traditional guy, wants to block shots, working on his offensive game. But I think he can be really good at helping them defensively, being a guy who develops over time offensively. I talked to some folks within some sources close to the TCU program, I'll say. Uh, that was the other school that was going after Dennis. And, and I can tell you, they are heartbroken uh, after losing out on Dennis to Minnesota because they really, really liked him. TCU thought they had him locked up, and they were actually kind of surprised uh, when Ben Johnson found a way to get him up to, to Minnesota. But from the people who wanted him and thought they had him, it certainly sounds like Minnesota uh, is getting a, a young player with star potential once he arrives. But I think Dennis is a great addition, and I think he'll have an impact right away. Yeah, the last big uh, seven-footer the Gophers had, Daniel Aturu, he lasted two years before he went pro. I think the Gophers would be happy if they get two years of Dennis Evans. Yeah, I don't know if – I mean, again, kids jump into the NBA sometimes too soon. I get the G League and all this stuff now is getting kids paid, but there's nothing wrong with developing it and going at your own pace. I mean, it worked out for Juwan Howard. He ended up playing in the NBA for a long time. Didn't do a lot, but he played in the NBA for a long time, so – Never overlook, you know, being able to develop in college, unless you're this kid, Victor, uh, whatever, Wambi whatever, how you say it. That dude's special. I saw him last, I saw him a couple weeks ago live. That dude's about to change the whole NBA. Yeah, there's nobody <laughs> like him. 7 4, <laughs> shooting threes. Well, that'll do it for our threes. That's Myron, uh, Myron Metcalf and Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. We want to thank Matt DeBritz on the keys behind the screens. And remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed. Wherever you find your podcast, you can find our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. You can also find us on the Amazon or the Roku apps. Just download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. You can get all the videos, all the podcasts, all the interviews. Want to go see what Adam Thielen looks like in person? Go check it out just in case you can't get to a Vikings game because we had him on with Cam Bynum as well. I want to thank you guys for joining me. Have a great day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.